This is episode 37 of The Urban Yogi with Jonathan White. I'm your host, Will Blunderfield. I'm a psych major, a kundalini yoga teacher, spin instructor, recording artist, and a mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher in training. Join me in this free-flowing conversation, exploring what it means to live with balance in the 21st century. Jonathan White is an instructor of sexual kung fu, as well as qigong and wellness. He enjoys helping people from all walks of life take control of their health, happiness, and sexual vitality. His mission is to educate others on the depth and power of sexual energy and to help others awaken to the dormant powers within them. Physical, mental, and spiritual health are deeply linked to our sexuality, and when these areas are addressed together, powerful results and transformations may occur. I hope you enjoy my interview with Mr. Jonathan White. How is Brisbane? It's great. It's it's amazing. Uh, weather's beautiful. I'm close to the beach, and things are good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. What brought you down there? Um, I've I've always wanted to go to Australia. Uh, my girlfriend has a lot of friends here, so I just kind of felt like doing some traveling this winter. I might be heading nice. to southeast asia after this so oh, yeah just kind of amazing seeing i'll some be in um what's it called ubud in january leading a retreat oh yeah. awesome have you been to bali before i have not no but i might be going there soon sweet man yeah i hear it's beautiful yeah uh yeah i was actually just speaking with rwando last week about semen retention and uh, i learned so much from him i've been taking his program it's amazing and i, I see that you have a program as well and i wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about it um, what, what first got you into semen retention? How did you first discover it? So I, uh, I was into, you know, I was doing yoga and meditation and these different practices. And, uh, I read a book by Montauk Chia called the multi-orgasmic man. And that just kind of opened me up to the idea that it is not necessarily in our highest benefit to ejaculate every time we have sex. And right. so I kind of started exploring this. And once I tried it for myself, I immediately began to see the benefits of it. And it really changed my life and uh, put my relationship with my sexual energy in a whole different perspective. Wow. When did you first discover it? That was about that book. A little over five years now. Nice. Five years ago. Yeah. How old are you? I'm just about to turn 30. Oh, cool. Nice. I'm 33. Okay. Yeah. I discovered it. Uh, probably, yeah, a few years ago, like being a yoga teacher, you kind of hear about it as a, a yogic practice. Yeah. And, um, and then I tried it and I was like, Oh my God, like I haven't actually ejaculated now for about 45 days and I've got so much done, so much energy manifesting so much. It really is a powerful practice. Yeah. Um, what's the long, out of curiosity, what's the longest you've gone without ejaculating? Uh, about, about six weeks or so. Yeah. Nice. And like, I found like at that point, I just like tend to release in my sleep. Like my body's just oh. like, yeah, that's long enough. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The longest I've gone is 76 days. I was okay. trying to go for a hundred and, uh, and then, yeah, I think I had like a nocturnal emission, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's very, um, very powerful stuff. I teach Kundalini yoga as you, as we spoke about before, and mm-hmm. you said that you actually were doing Kundalini before. And I noticed sometimes I do get the Kundalini syndrome, like the headaches. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, 
I'm uh, stoked to be incorporating more like Tai Chi and stuff into my practice and sexual Kung Fu. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. In uh, Rwanda's course, they're talking about, he talks about like first just bringing it from, I guess the root up just a little bit up the spine and then back down. Is that kind of like in your course where you kind of progressively start lower and then bring it up eventually to the skull? Yeah. Yeah. I start with the, the belly center, the lower Dantian. So bring it up there first. Then nice. yeah, just kind of progressively go through the, the different centers of the body and also like the organs and the glands as well. Oh, very cool. Very cool. I have your, um, I downloaded your program. It was like an hour or two program where you went over the, the different techniques. You released it maybe about a year ago now. I can't remember the name of it, okay. but it was very helpful. Yeah. yeah. Cool. What are like some top practices in the tantric, or not the tantric, but the traditional Chinese uh, tradition that you recommend most for beginners? Um, definitely the microcosmic orbit meditation because you have, you need to open the energy channel so that you have a clear pathway to move the sexual energy through. And then as far as working with the sexual energy, uh, practice called testicle breathing is very foundational for moving the sexual energy. I actually was on a silent retreat, uh, in the summertime and I brought your recording of testicle breathing with me Mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm doing seam retention. I need to circulate this energy somehow. I can't just sit for like eight hours a day and do nothing. (laughs) So that was definitely a lifesaver on that sound retreat to just do that a little bit before bed. Yeah. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to just go over for the listeners what testicle breathing is? Okay. It's, uh, basically you, it's a very simple technique, but basically you, you breathe into your testicles. Like you just kind of bring your awareness into that area, filling it, expanding and contracting with the breath. And then you, once you feel that, because you're working with the unaroused energy, so it's kind of a more cool energy. And Mm -hmm. so once you kind of uh, activate the energy in the testicles, you progressively start bringing it to different centers of the body. So typically I bring it to the belly first, the lower Dantian center, and kind of charge that up. Then I start bringing it to up the spine, uh, up to the back of the head, to the the crown of the head, uh, the third eye, through the different, really through the different chakras and energy systems of the body. So you're really just circulating this sexual energy throughout the body and that really charges up the body and help to, uh, to transmute that sexual energy. So that's not just sitting latent in the genitals. Yes. And I find when I'm not, when I don't know how to do that, or if I'm like stuck, sometimes it's not even, it doesn't even feel like it's latent in my genitals. It's like, it gives me a headache. Mm-hmm. I don't know if sometimes like a, like a third eye sort of pressure situation is connected to that latent energy just sort of residing in the genitals. I don't Have you ever experienced that before? Like getting a headache from not knowing how to circulate it or not I would, being disciplined I would enough say, to circulate it? Yeah, I would say that's more common from uh, not being able to bring that energy back down. So that's oh. kind of like a grounding thing. So like maybe your front channel isn't as open because you complete oh, okay. the loop by bringing the energy back down the front. Uh, okay. Yeah. And that, that's kind of typical when you're doing a lot of kundalini yoga. I experienced that myself. You like, did you know, yourself. Um, See, that's the thing. Like, I'm very good at bringing it up the back yeah. <laughs> and then down the front. It's like, Oh, what? I even asked, I remember when I first started doing Kundalini, I was like, what about like bringing it back down? And the teacher was like, no, and she was this Russian girl. She's like, you just bring it up your skull <laughs> to infinity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and th- that's really what drew me to like Qigong and the Taoist practice because they emphasize, you know, bringing that energy back down and connecting with the earth, which is very uh, balancing and grounding and helps support the, our physicality. Right. So would you say it's just practice then? It's like being disciplined to incorporate practices, at least in my experience, to bring it back down and like make that a discipline of like incorporating that into my practice? Definitely. Definitely uh, focusing on like grounding practices, I would say would be very helpful for that. 
Nice. What are some grounding practices that you utilize that are effective? So my most, uh, my favorite one is it's called standing meditation. Uh, it's, it's actually like my foundational Qigong practice. So essentially you just, you stand in these static positions and you line your body in a certain way and you just feel your energy just sink into the earth. And this unifies your entire body because you, you just relax to the pull of gravity, but your arms are like up in the air. So you really learn to connect your, your body and, uh, connect your entire body to your center and to the earth. So it's extremely grounding and it causes all of your energy channels to open and balance. So it's a very powerful practice and it's very grounding. And doing it barefoot on, on the earth is probably the best day. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You don't have to be barefoot, uh, but, but that definitely is beneficial. Cool. Sometimes I'll just like go out into, if I'm feeling ungrounded, I'll just go out into nature and just be barefoot. And I find that really grounding. Yeah. That's, that's really helpful. Just, just being in nature in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Laying on the earth. Yeah. Very so helpful. have you totally stopped Kundalini and, and gone full throttle with the, with these practices or do you still do a little bit of Kundalini? I still do a bit. Uh, there's some, some different like breathing techniques in certain uh, Kriyas that I still practice. Yeah. Nice. Mostly, most of what I'm doing is uh, Taoist practices, but I do integrate different yoga practices that I like. Really. I like to just integrate the best of everything I've learned. And that's kind of what my course mm-hmm. is. Like I have some yoga practices, some Kundalini oh, type nice. exercises. So yeah, cool. that's kind of been my approach. What are some of your go-to Kriyas like, that you still do from Kundalini that, that you find beneficial? Yeah, um, I do uh, mostly mostly uh, like different pranayama exercises. Like I'll do some breath of fire and then do like the certain Banda practices where like you, you know, the Mula Banda combined with the Uddiyana Banda with the, the neck lock as well. I forget what that one's called. And just uh, like, Harbandia. Yeah, yeah. And just like locking the energy in my belly. And that's just like, I find that really powerful and energizing practice. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because like in, in traditional Kundalini, they're like, focus at your third eye and do those bandhas. But sometimes intuitively, I'm like, no, I don't want to get a Kundalini headache. I'm going to focus at my navel point and engage my bandhas. Is that kind of what you do? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I usually keep my focus on the navel. Nice. Yeah. So you can still do certain Kundalini techniques, but you can focus your energy at the navel point instead of hard, hard, hard on the third eye all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, so I feel like my, my training in all these different areas has allowed me to be, be a little more embodied with these, these practices because Kundalini yoga is very fiery, you know, it's very yeah. like transcendental. So being able to ground and embody that energy has been very powerful for me. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, because like the world doesn't need more balloons. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. Like with Kundalini Yoga, it's such a vast system, and there there's so many kriyas. You know, they they often do just talk about focusing here and bring it up. But what I've been doing is looking in the library of teachings of Yogi Bhajan's teachings. There actually are tons of kriyas where he's like, focus at your second chakra, focus at your third chakra, bring it down. So. You know, I even went to a talk with Guru Singh, who's one of his initial disciples, and he was spending almost half the lecture talking about the microcosmic orbit. So that was really exciting for me to, to hear that from a Kundalini teacher. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm interested in practices like Yab Yum. Have you heard of this practice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any, any tips for, for that? And can you explain to sort of, listeners why that practice is beneficial and and what it's all about because i did it recently and it was super amazing like i used to be addicted to cocaine doing yab yum was like way better than any cocaine trip i'd ever been on let me tell you yeah yeah so essentially what you're doing is you're consciously connecting 
with another human. And that, that's really what, what sex is all about, right? But we, uh, in the modern world, we're often very focused on the more superficial sort of the sort of the lower chakra aspects of sexuality when in reality it's a it's a full spectrum experience you know we're connecting from the heart we're connecting from the third eye from the crown you know we're connecting with the universe our we're just entwining our entire energy body with another human being so when you make that process more conscious and you so when you sit in yab yum position your spines are aligned and so your chakras are lined up your energy channels are lined up and you can link your breath together which is extremely powerful you start to resonate with that person and deeply entwined with them. And you, you can look into their eyes and you just connect on this incredibly deep level. And so both your energy fields start to vibrate in harmony. And that sort of creates this third force, you know, this, this neutral force between these two polarities that are connecting. And you, you know, you don't even have to be like physically having intercourse while doing this, just sitting in that position, connecting with another human you are having like energetic intercourse. So that's what it felt really, like. Like at yeah. one point it felt like I was inside of this person. This person was inside of me. And they yeah. even remarked that too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very powerful. So yeah, it, it's healing on so many levels. And so what I had, what I did with this person is we brought the energy up our spines together on the inhale and then back down. Mm-hmm. And then I, I was practicing with a woman recently and she was kind of, we were just doing it briefly, but kind of going back and forth in a rocking position. I guess there's many different types of yabiyame. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something I, I teach is where you uh, you link up your, uh, like running your microcosmic orbits together. Cool. So you, you say you go up your back channel and then, you know, your tongues are connected and that the, the channels connect at the tongue. So it goes through their tongue and then down their front channel. So you kind of make this figure eight pattern between your, your energy channels so that, that's just something so your like lips are locked with the person for the entire thing like a like a french kiss kind of thing yeah yeah that's that's one method of doing it yeah and like you said well, that sounds like one. next level i want to try that <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's powerful yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah are there any resources like um that you recommend for learning more about yabian um i i can't really think of anyone specifically like mm-hmm. i've just kind of taken lots of different teachers I've learned from they kind of integrated into my own practice. So I can't really think of one resource that's great for that, but, you know, study some different tantric uh, uh, traditions and find some different books and you'll discover that. (laughs) Awesome, man. Tell me more about your course and what participants will learn from taking it. Okay. So uh, basically I've, I've created the course to be a complete guide for uh, any man to, take control of his sexual energy and learn to have uh, a more conscious connection with his sexual energy and to experience orgasms without ejaculating. So to become a complete master of his sexual energy. And what I found to be the most uh, practical way of going about that, because, you know, sexual energy work is very advanced. So there's some foundational work that needs to happen. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a six week course. There's six different modules. So the first week is all about emotional clearing. It's about clearing your energy field, clearing old patterns, old traumas, and learning to uh, clear out your negative emotions. So there's like mm-hmm. some different Qigong practices for that. There's meditation, there's some transformational breath work, which is like holotropic breath work type of work. So nice. that's very powerful. That's kind of the foundation. Transformational breath. I was like crying and releasing. Yeah. It was amazing. That's incredible. So I found that's very a very good foundation for doing sexual energy work. And then I go into the microcosmic orbit. So learning to open the energy channels of your body and get clear on that. That gives you a good boundary and gives you a, uh, a pathway to move the sex- 
actual energy cool. practices. You can stay embodied because you're, as you're building up this energy, it becomes very powerful. So you need to stay grounded and connected with the earth to be able to harness that energy. And then we get into the, the, uh, the, the sexual energy practices themselves. So like working with the unaroused energy first, the testicle breathing, there's a Qigong practice to move the sexual energy throughout the body. And then of course the aroused uh, techniques for transmuting the energy. So like, as you're having sex, you know, mm. it, and you're becoming aroused, this energy builds up in your genitals. So you need to learn how to diffuse that throughout the body so that the orgasm spreads through the body instead of ejaculating out the penis. So, and then uh, the last module is about partner application. So putting oh. this in the context of the relationship. So that's just kind of an overall view of the oh, course. Oh, wow. It yeah. sounds very comprehensive. It's, it's pretty in-depth. Yeah, I've gotten a lot, a lot of great feedback from everyone who's gone through it so far. So I'm pretty excited about it. It's kind of the yeah. course that I wish I had had when I was learning all these practices. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah, because you've kind of studied all these things and you've made it in this condensed package that people can now benefit from. That's fantastic. Yeah. Tell me more about uh, sexual transmutation. Um, I was reading this book called Think and Grow Rich a few years ago by Napoleon Hill, and there was a whole chapter on it, and it sounded amazing. And I loved what you know they were talking about in the book, but they didn't really give any tools as to how to actually do it. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I, the idea is, from my experience, you know, sexual energy is is the most powerful energy in the universe, and we as humans we have this we have a sex drive. You know, it's 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 one of the one of our primal instincts is to have sex. And just this, this enormous, enormous drive, and it controls a lot of people's lives. You know, a lot of men are addicted to pornography and are in and out of these unhealthy relationships. So it's obvious that sexual energy is very, very powerful. And so for men, for example, when we're constantly ejaculating, we're just throwing this energy away, basically, because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these ancient tr- traditions say that the semen is the essence. It's our male essence. And by ejaculating right. constantly, we're just throwing it away. So when you right. begin to stop throwing the energy away, you start building it up. You have this enormous supply of energy. And then instead of, you know, wasting that energy through unbalanced sexual practice, uh, unbalanced sex, you, you hold on to that energy. And then you, uh, when at the same time you're, you're doing all this self work and you're, you know, you're doing energetic practices, you're doing yoga and meditation, you're channeling this energy into different things. And as this energy builds up, you know, whatever you're focusing on, you're putting that energy into Right. So, um, and this, you know, it's, it's just as simple as retaining your sexual energy, building that up and not just dispersing it. And, um, you know, I teach specific practices that are, uh, changing the form of this energy, changing it from a, this dense physical, you know, physical sperm into this like steam, like energy that you move throughout your body and whatever you're doing in your life, you're putting that energy into at that point. Right. So I see. It's, it's very powerful. Do you have any hot tips from like for if you are like doing something and you're horny and you want you're tempted to fall back into an old pattern of like you know unhealthy sex or uh, going you know on looking at porn or things of that nature? What what do you do when you're horny and you want to transmute the energy? <laughs> it's really important that you have uh, you have you you keep yourself busy with a lot of projects essentially. So you know exercise, physical exercise is extremely. Uh, helpful for that. Um, obviously having a practice like yoga, meditation, Qigong has been the most helpful thing for me. Also like creative work, you know, I know you're a musician, so Mm -hmm. you can, you know, channel that energy to creative outlets and really anything that makes you feel good, you know, makes you feel like you're, you're accomplishing something like you're fulfilling yourself in some way. So that that's really all it is. You have to, 
having that sense of purpose, having something that excites you and you're working at that. So that's, that's been very helpful for me. And I've seen other people, Mm -hmm. um, have that help them as well. That's awesome. Yeah. I was, I've just finished the, have you heard of the Aquarian Sadhana from Kundalini Yoga? I I might've heard it. Yeah. I'm not quite. It's like, um, it's this practice that Yogi Bhajan gave and you're supposed to do it from four to six 30 AM during the Amrit Vela, the sweet nectar time. Okay. And, and, uh, yeah. I guess the idea is it's the best time to meditate. I'm not really sure what the science is, but I tried it. And so I was either doing it from four to six thirty AM or, uh, five to seven thirty AM for the last 40 days. I just finished yesterday and yeah, it like did something to my system where I'm like less horny, like for unhealthy sex or for porn. Like I have no desire to look at porn. And, um, so I think it's like what you just said, it's like, I focused on something and I had a purpose and like, now I'm more discerning. I'm like, okay, I have, I've been holding onto this sexual energy. Um, and I feel like I'm refining it through the practice of Kundalini and also through learning these techniques that you and Rwanda are teaching. And now it's like, okay, I, I have this energy and I don't want to just throw it away, you know? So it's, I guess my self-worth and my self-esteem has gone up, which is a great yeah. feeling, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, purpose and self-esteem. That's what it's all about, eh? <laughs> For sure. And w- what I noticed was that uh, once I got into a daily practice and really, you know, started taking that farther and farther. So I'm, you know, I'm practicing two to three hours a day doing these different things. And nice. you know, my, my sexual energy builds up. But, you know, I think a lot of guys are uh, hesitant about getting into semen retention because they think they're just going to be like super, super horny all the time. And that it's just going to control them. But what actually happened from my experience, it's like when I'm doing all this practice and I'm doing all this creative work that I'm doing, um, I don't have, I, I don't think about sex that much. Like, it's not like this constant thing on my mind. It's like, I'm so, uh, focused on all the things I'm doing that I don't have that. I yes. don't have, I don't feel that like impulsive need to have sex or something like that. So yes. Well, it's interesting. Yogi Bhajan, I was doing this meditation called meditation to develop the self-sensory system. And he was saying back in 2000 that um, in the Piscean age, it was all about looking outside yourself for pleasure and satisfaction. There was a lot of uh, degradation of, of the female. Oops. Can you hear? I just cut out yeah, for a second. Absolutely. There was a lot of sort of devaluing of the female and, and a lot of perversion and exploitation of the, of the feminine. And he's saying now, as we're in the uh, Aquarian age, people over the next 50 years are going to start to develop what he calls the self-sensory system, where they're going to derive immediate pleasure and gratification just by being here in the third dimension in their bodies. That Their pleasure will be immediate and they'll derive it from their own self. Mm. And it sounds like that's kind of what we're cultivating here with these practices is the ability to have a strong self-sensory system so that we're feeling vital and alive and and not like needy is that is that sort of what we're doing <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah i would definitely agree with that because that's what that's what happens i feel like that's what part of my work is is like teaching people that they don't need to uh sort of reach out impulsively to the outside world trying to fill themselves up with things you know because everything we need is inside and it's about learning how to cultivate that how to yes. uh, cultivate our internal energy so that we're not you know addictively trying to take things from everyone else Yes. Oh, amen, brother. I had a female in my class and she, she came up to me after class. She said, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. I teach yoga. This is in a hot yoga class. And she said, I, I totally had like a massive orgasm in the class. Like, <laughs> she's like, is that, a, is that normal? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Like follow your bliss girl. Like <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and I, I don't know if you've heard of Amy Jindra. I haven't. No. 
okay, she's a tantric coach out of New York. And I was lucky enough to get to meet her. She was living in Vancouver for the last few months. She says that when she goes to a Kundalini class, invariably she will orgasm on her mat and like have a full orgasm. And I noticed like, cause I did the Kundalini training. It was very sort of puritanical. They never really said what to do if you start to feel aroused in that way. <laughs> I had a friend who went to a meditation retreat with um, Pema Chodron. He was like a famous Buddhist nun. And I was interested to see what she thought about all this. She said, well, if you're meditating or doing yoga and you start to get horny and you start to like get aroused, imagine that you're like, that's like a beautiful, hot, burning ember and it's radiating radiating out towards the world that you're sharing this beautiful energy with the world. And I like that. And I feel like maybe that's something that's missing from a lot of yoga classes is like, yeah, if you feel like you're going to orgasm, fucking allow yourself to feel the joy of that, the bliss of that. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. Owning, owning our pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Kundalini, Kundalini yoga is very orgasmic. You know, you're just building up the sexual energy and just, you know, it's, it's so powerful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are, is, are there times during your practices where you have like an orgasm? Like there must be, right? Because you're, you're basically training men to be able to separate orgasm from ejaculation. Oh, yeah. Do you allow Absolutely. yourself to make sound? And Tell me more um, about that. Yeah. Well, uh, something I want to share is that so, um, so I've trained in uh, Taoist internal alchemy practices, and this isn't something I'm really teaching yet, but part of it is that we uh, basically we collect the essence of our internal male and internal female aspects and we couple them. So we create like this fire water uh, coupling within the body. And so, wow. and that leads to a third neutral force and sort of opens the portal to higher dimensional energy. So it's a very powerful, and it's like, an, it's an internally orgasmic practice. So, and what's uh, it called again? It's called uh, Khan and Lee. Greater, uh, there's different levels of it. There's lesser Khan and Lee, greater and greatest Khan and Lee. So just different levels of internal alchemy. How do you spell it? Uh, K-A-N, Khan and Lee, L-I. Are they like the, the dudes who created it? Or something? Uh, no, that's Khan and Lee's just, it's Chinese for fire and water. So it's just, okay. it's fire and water alchemy, basically, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like some certain monks who were like, we're really horny. We need to do something about this. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of this repression. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when I've um, been practicing these techniques, I find that the orgasms that I experience that are non-ejaculatory invariably feel different from like the ejaculatory ones. Like it's almost like when I've been with intimate with women and they will orgasm, their whole bodies will start to quiver. Mm-hmm. In, in bliss and in delight that's sort of what i have is that kind of your experience too when you have these non-ejaculatory orgasmic experiences yeah absolutely and uh yeah like you said that's that's something i i, I teach my students a lot is that it's 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 very different than what you're used to as an ejaculatory orgasm i think a lot of men get frustrated because they're expecting this you know this huge uh explosive orgasm that's centered in the genitals it's very different it's, it's and subtle it, yeah, yeah, exactly. It starts out subtle, but as yes. your your sensitivity increases, it becomes more and more profound and powerful. And like you yes. said, it's very it's I, I would explain it as being more like what a woman experiences during orgasm because yes. it's it's internal and it's 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 full body and it's yes. it's very emotional as well. It's, it's it opens you up. Yeah, and Yogi Bhajan says like now it's the time for the divine feminine. So it's almost like whether you're male or female, allowing yourself to experience that type of energy that's coming mm-hmm. into the planet, like in that way, is so beautiful. And what I found is like a lot of I think the men who have trouble experience, experiencing this orgasm is because they're very they're very shut off in their heart, you know, in their emotional yes. centers. So they're not able to 
uh, yeah. to basically it they're, open they're up. kind of numb. Yeah, so, and so many it, people are numbed out on Netflix and binge eating and drugs and alcohol. Yeah. It's overstimulated. Like, yes, and Yogi Bhajan was saying in this self-sensory system meditation I was doing today, he said that like the reason why people can't enjoy this refinement of this of their own self-sensory system is because they've numbed themselves out. They have to, you know, stop doing the drugs, stop overeating and, and refine yourself so that you can develop your subtle body so that you can really enjoy these, these types of states more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so. I, the benefit, the benefit of, of all these practices, you know, of, of developing that sensitivity is that you really get high you know, I get high from my Qigong practice. I get high from doing yoga. And then I, I completely stop taking any substances. I don't drink alcohol. I don't even take like, I don't drink coffee or anything because I don't you. need it. I just feel great for my Matcha? practice. Uh, I do a little bit of green tea. Yeah. <laughs> I do a little bit of green tea as well. Um, but yeah, no, I like, and that's another thing. It's like the first few days, like sometimes I, I would drink and sometimes usually I would binge drink. I don't have any desire to do that because I'm feeling so good and so like clean. Yeah. And, and I, as you said, like I'm feeling actually high, like I can feel my genitals. I can feel my testicles for the first time mm. and they feel so alive. And like, I mean, this might be TMI for, for the <laughs> listeners, but like, I actually feel like kind of like I'm getting high off my testicle energy, like throughout the day. Yeah. Is that normal? Oh, <laughs> Is Absolutely. Like, like, like testicle breathing, for example, I love that practice because you can do it all day, every day. You know, you're just, you're moving your sexual energy and just kind of getting off on it all day. And no one else knows, you know, you're right. just out in the world, <laughs> keeping yeah, this orgasmic just, energy. At flow. the bus stop, just having a yogasm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so now, like when I'm like, for example, if I want to like feel that yogasm, that orgasmic energy, like I'll just like bring my attention to my testicles and I'll start to feel like blissful and alive and vital. Is that kind of like what you do or do you feel that and then focus energetically at your navel point and bring that up and then back down? I'm just wondering the specific practices that you find the most orgasmic throughout the day. Yeah, usually I uh, typically uh, I'll breathe into the testicles a little bit, kind of activate that energy, then I'll, I'll move it throughout the body. And it, and it varies where I move the energy. Like I might just move it into my, my navel or I'll move it up the spine, down the front of the body, the microcosmic orbit, or I'll bring nice. it up up the internal pathways into the organs, the glands. So there's lots of, lots of things that I'll play with. <laughs> Can you use, have you had any experience using your sexual energy from your testicles to heal certain parts of your body or your psyche? Yeah. Um, well, I, I've had, I, um, I haven't really had any like huge, like physical issues or ailments in the past several years. Like I've been very healthy since I began my Qigong practice. Um, but I do have, uh, many people who've told me that they've done this, like they had, uh, I can't, I can't think of exactly what it was, but I remember, uh, this guy told me he had some kind of mental illness or something and he started, or some, some kind of, you know, neurological issue, but he started bringing his testicle energy up to his brain and he said it, it completely healed it. Wow. Like in the yeah, flaccid, but, in the unaroused state. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and, like, for example, in ancient China, they used uh, sex as medicine, like Chinese medical sexology. So they would like uh, direct the sex as they were having sex, they would direct the, the sexual energy into different organs to heal them. Wow. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Like the, the untapped knowledge, like we think as Westerners, we know it all and that, you know, modern medicine is the answer to everything. But it's like, wow, there's so many other systems of medicine and healing 
that have existed long before you know the white man came over and destroyed first nations culture <laughs> yeah absolutely and but i think we're in such an exciting time now because these yes. these uh these ancient technologies are becoming widespread and, yes. and also integrated into modern science as well so it's it's a really yeah. interesting time you're right yeah you're right there's so many parallels being found and yeah i feel like it's really all about like following your joy absolutely yeah and also making your container big enough like Brene Brown talks about have you heard of Brene Brown yeah the I have shame researcher she talks about um foreboding joy how a lot of people in our society they feel joy and they're like oh shit you know what what waiting for the other shoe to drop so mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of these practices are really about expanding our ability to feel joy and to really sink into joy is that sort of part of it definitely yeah definitely allowing yourself to feel that you know that positivity and that radiance Mm -hmm. If somebody comes to you and they've been through sexual trauma, what um, what techniques do you utilize as a as a, a space holder to help that person heal and eventually get to joy? There's a, there's a few practices that I, I focus on. One is uh, these are actually in my course. One of them is six healing sounds. It's called, which is basically it's sort of a self sound healing practice. So you uh, you breathe. You, you go through the five major organs because in the Chinese system, they consider uh, the, the major organs to sort of hold on to negative emotions and traumas. So you, you sort of go into each organ, you bring in a specific color, and then as you exhale, you, you feel that you're releasing that, that blockage, that, that trauma, and you make a certain sound and release that from the organ. Mm. So that, that's a very simple one. Oh, yeah, that's there's a bit of that in your, in your shorter course. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that was very cool. Very cool. And the, the transformational breath work, I found that to be extremely powerful as well, because that, that sort of works on your subconscious and just kind of clears you out. Like you don't even really have to know what, what, it, what is happening or how it's happening, but it, it just works. It's really powerful. Can you detail to listeners just briefly how that goes? Yeah. So, um, so I first experienced this, uh, it was about four or five years ago. One of my friends is a teacher of this. Uh, it's a system that was created by Mikael King. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, but no, I mean, I've yeah. heard of, I did a transformational, actually a transformational breath Two facilitator facilitators came, I think from like Argentina to the yoga studio that I was working at and they provided a session for us. It was crazy. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you do this, uh, you know, this really intense rapid breathing for, you know, up to an hour or more. Can and, you demonstrate uh, to the, to the, um, viewers and listeners what it looks like? There's a, sure. Breathe. So there's three parts. The first breath is, uh, it's called the double helix breath. So you, you breathe one breath into your belly really deeply from the mouth. And then the second one into the chest. So it's like, you're really expanding your belly as your chest as you do this. Nice. So that's the first breath. And, uh, uh, in the full sessions I did, I did just that breath for about 45 minutes and pretty quickly you start getting into this really altered state, you know, and you're just flushing your system with oxygen. You're, you're really opening your energy channels. It actually becomes extremely orgasmic. Like I have full body orgasms every time I do this. Nice. Um, the first part, then the second part is called the mother wave breath. And you, it's one deep breath through the mouth into the belly and the chest. So you feel the belly first and then the chest. So So about 15 to 20 minutes of that. Nice. And uh, yeah, so so when I first did this, you know, I was I was in a very, uh, I would say I was in a kind of a, a kind of a dark place in my life. Uh, I was very lost. I felt like I was kind of dissolving from this world. 
Uh, I was very ungrounded, you know, and uh, I did this practice and it helped me. It, it just cleared out all of these things from my life. I could, I had these visions of like different things from my childhood that came up and just all these mm. things. And I just felt like completely different after I did, after I did that, uh, that yeah. session, it, just incredibly powerful. There's a, a Kriya in Kundalini that I came across. <clears throat> Are you familiar with the teacher Jai Dev Singh and his Life Force Academy online? I don't think so, no. Okay, well, he, he goes very sequentially through Kriyas and he's very artfully crafted different series for different problems to help you with kind of thing. <laughs> so he's got one Kriya called uh, Breaking the Bonds of Earth and Experiencing Infinity or something like that. And it was very similar in terms of the, bre- the breath work. It was combined with movements, two of the head. And yeah, it was crazy. Like I felt like I was clearing out all this shit. Like I connected to this person who had passed away and crying and tears. And it was amazing. Like I do that. I can't do it every day, obviously, but I, I pull it out. But I feel like I need to have some healing and like clear out some subconscious stuff. It's amazing. There are parallels and crossovers from all these different techniques. Yeah, definitely. And, and I feel like it's like about artfully like experience them all and like finding what works for you and what heals you the most and what's most effective. Definitely. And I'm well, really interested. I was really interested in talking to you because you had the experience of being in Kundalini yoga, getting a little bit too loopy and then bringing mm-hmm. it back down with this Taoist practice. So that's really cool. Um, how often would you recommend like guys to ejaculate or is it a very personal, uh, a very individual thing? It's quite individual, but I would say there are some kind of, I'll throw out some different timetables. Um, uh, it depends on your age, of course, uh, and how healthy you are. Like if you're like fighting a disease or something, then I would, you know, try to not ejaculate at all. Um, oh, wow. But overall. Because then you can use that energy to help heal yourself, be yeah, more robust. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but so, some different timetables. Uh, typically what I recommend is uh once every two weeks or once a month. And that depends on the person. Uh, someone in their early twenties could even go like once a week if they really wanted to, but yeah, I prefer to retain for a bit longer. So, um, and, and generally it's like, if you feel exhausted and depleted the day after you ejaculate, then you should probably retain for longer. Mm-hmm. And also another formula I saw, uh, uh, a Qigong teacher named Stephen Chang. He's got a book called the Tao of sexology. He has a formula and it's like, you multiply your age by uh, 0.2, and wh- that equals how many days you should go between ejaculations. So, for example, oh. for me, that would be about six days. I'm about 30. Um, I-, I prefer to retain longer than that, but mm-hmm. I guess the idea is, you know, you can ejaculate that often and overall not uh, not be deficient in your energy. Interesting. Yeah, I have a friend who's really into semen retention, and he actually used to be addicted to women addicted to needing women. And he said he basically decided to become celibate for five years. And he started studying the work of Mantak Chia. Mm -hmm. And he trained himself to be able to not need women and to just get high on his own supply. It's sort of my interpretation of what he did. And now he's got a beautiful girlfriend. They're engaged. And um, yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of power in these practices. And um, yeah, he was saying, like, he was telling me, I was like, well, how often do you think I should ejaculate? He's like, you don't, you just like, don't even, you could probably just go forever without ejaculating. I was like, oh, really? And like, part of me is kind of intrigued by that. And like, it's been like 45 days and I feel so good. I'm kind of like, mm, I kind of just want to like 
not ejaculate for a while now like in your books would that be a healthy thing to do or is it just sort of how i feel yes i think it's really about how you feel like uh what happens with some people is they they kind of uh they kind of have too much energy like they have more than they can they can digest Mm -hmm. so they feel they start feeling irritable or angry and things like this um Mm -hmm. or just kind of a feeling of like stuckness like you just feel kind of stagnant um Typically, that doesn't happen if you're doing a lot of practice because you're transmuting that energy. So if you're feel, right. if you feel good, then keep going with it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel generally quite good. I mean, last night I was dressed in a tie, like a suit and tie for an event. And I was like sitting in a church pew and I was kind of feeling a little bit constricted and irritated. <laughs> but like generally speaking, if I allow myself to do my yoga practice and earth and, you know, eat healthy foods and stuff, it's I feel, yeah, like I can transmute it. So yeah, I'll keep doing that. <laughs> and another thing is when you learn to uh, draw the sexual energy having sex. Hey, hey, you're cutting out. Can you say it one more time? Sorry about that. No Can worries. you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. So when you, when you learn to draw the sexual energy out of the testicles during sex and move it throughout your body, you're sort of extracting the essence of your semen. And so if after that point, at that point, if you do ejaculate, you're not losing near as much energy because you sort of harvested the essence of the sperm. So that's oh, a benefit. Sexual oh, practice. Can you say that one more time? That was really interesting. Yeah. So basically when you learn to. Uh, uh, you're cutting out. <laughs> one sec. Sorry. My internet's been a little iffy here. No worries. Okay, say it one more time because I, I think this is really important for me and for the <laughs> listeners. <clears throat> so when you learn to circulate your sexual energy out of the genitals and through the entire body during sex, after some time of doing this, you know, you're char- you charge up your body with that sexual energy. What and about if you do, during masturbation? Same thing. As, as masturbation as well, yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, if you do ejaculate it at that point, you're not losing nearly as much energy because you've sort of extracted that es- essence of the sperm and you've moved it throughout the body and now the body's charged with that energy. So you, you're not losing as much if you do ejaculate at that point. At that so point. hypothetically, like say you're having sex or master pleasuring yourself and you're bringing the energy from your testicles into your navel point, just doing that simple practice, is that would that be one way that you could not lose energy yeah and and then you ejaculate yeah 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 so it's not like you have to bring it up the back and down the front to derive that benefit of you know refining you could just bring it part way up or just into the navel point yeah because the lower dantian in the the belly it's connected to all the energy meridians of the body and it it feeds all those meridians so when you bring the sexual energy there essentially it's it's from there it overflows to the rest of the body ah interesting um, I'm just looking at my questions and making sure I didn't, oh, are there any, because you study that this, uh, Taoist method, which is originated in China, I'm really into like medicinal mushrooms. Do you have mm-hmm. any experience with like certain foods and how they affect your ability to retain and to transmute? Um, the, I, I mean, there's, there's different foods that help you build sexual energy. Um, as far as transmuting the energy i'm not exactly sure about that you know i'm not like a master herbalist or anything um most of my experience though is working with herbs that uh, help you build your sexual energy so so for example if you're weak you know and you're having sexual issues there's herbs you can take to uh, help tonify that and build your sexual energy back up so that's that's kind of more my experience with herbs what are some of those herbs 
uh hisha Wu is oh, a great nice. one goji goji berries uh remania um how do you spell uh, remania r-h-e-m-m-a-n-i-a nice uh astragalus root um ashwagandha ashwagandha is great yeah yeah uh deer antler deer antlers um it's you know uh something they use in chinese medicine that's very potent for uh tonifying your yang energy ah so sort of making it more refined and balanced uh increasing your really like increasing your sexual energy so having more more testosterone more uh basically kind of that like youthful vigor if that's something you need Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have you read of a book uh, by Elizabeth Hayes or heard of a book called Initiation? No, I've not. Okay. My friend was like telling me to read this and it kind of like freaked me out because it was basically the story of this like Egyptian priestess who like in there in this hypothetical culture, the, the priests and priestesses were masters of sexual energy and she wanted to become a priestess, but she kind of pushed too soon. And then she basically fucked up her nervous system and then like wrecked her life. <laughs> and then like I started, cause I'm neurotic. So I was like, I'm prone to like being neurotic. And I was like, oh shit, have I fucked up my nervous system by like doing too much Kundalini yoga or like by, you know, doing too much cocaine or, you know, um, <laughs> is there, is it possible to like wreck your nervous system through these sexual practice, like, or even like doing, yeah. Between, is it possible to wreck your nervous system or is like, is that just like a worry? Well, the, I would say that there are some potential negative side effects uh, by just jumping straight into like the aroused sexual work without having any foundational practices. So right. it's like, I think they say this in Kundalini yoga where it's like, you need to sort of build uh, a strong energetic system before you start bringing that, you know, 10,000 watt energy through it. Yeah. 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 So that that's basically it is you need to have your your channel your energy channels open to a certain degree um or else once you start moving this really because aroused sexual energy is so fiery it's so potent um and it's it's a lot harder to control. So when you start trying to move that energy without any energetic skill at all, you can run into issues like getting it stuck in certain areas of your body, uh, having headaches and things like this. Yeah. That those are just some potential side effects. Yeah. So starting slow and getting a strong foundation and then working. Yeah. Way up. Yeah. Do the, do the foundational work is very important. Mm -hmm. If there were like certain pillars of that foundational work in, in your mind, what would you say those are? Uh, definitely uh, the microcosmic orbit. That's one of nice. the main ones, but that's such an essential pathway. Uh, clearing negative emotions, being able to deal with negative emotions because you can amplify negative emotions when you're working with sexual energy because that's right. kind of the nature of sexual energy is it, it bonds things together and it amplifies them. You know, that's it why bond, you feel it like bonds things together. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you've been in a relationship with someone for a long time, then you break up, but you still kind of feel that connection because you're sexually connected to them. You know, it's like glue. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Cool. That's how long has it been? I feel like we've had a, a great conversation. Yeah, I'm really great. glad. I got, <laughs> I'm really glad I got to talk with you before I go. I'm going to Europe uh, tomorrow with my oh. family, so I'm really, yeah. really grateful that that it worked out. Yeah, um, I'm glad we got to have this chat. <laughs> yeah, is there anything else that you want to tell listeners before we peace out? Um, just that. Uh, work sexual energy is the most powerful thing you can work with and when you make your relationship to it conscious uh 
the rest of your life will just become so much more smooth because it's an area of pain and frustration for so many people. So I feel like it's the most important work we can do. Yes. Amen, brother. Okay, one more question. I ask all my, all my people that I have on the show this question. Where the hell did homophobia come from? <laughs> because apparently it hasn't always been around. Like in ancient Greece, like men would take on wives, but they'd also have sex with their battle partner, battle mates and stuff, or there'd be like, you know, in um, Edo, Japan, homosexuality was normal. In First Nations cultures, uh, the, oftentimes the so-called homosexuals were the shamans or the healers. Where do you yeah. think homo- uh, where do you think this homophobia and transphobia came from in our society? That's a very good question. You know, uh, maybe it could be sort of a control thing. You know, there's all the suppression of of certain aspects of sexuality and things like that. So, you know, I, I really don't know. That's a it's a very good question. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Someone's agenda. <laughs> Somebody's agenda. Who the fuck created this homophobia? What the hell? I know. <laughs> Just chill out, everyone. Relax. <laughs> chill the fuck out, people. <laughs> Go do some testicle breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Jonathan. And and uh, where can people sign up for your course? Uh, they can uh, find my web, uh, go to my website at jonathanwhitelifestyle.com or just look up Sexual Kung Fu on YouTube or Instagram and you'll find me. Yeah, you've got tons of uh, awesome uh, free material on there that I've, that I've uh, benefited from. So thanks, brother. I appreciate your time and I appreciate all you do for guys helping us yeah, thank you more to ourselves. <laughs> thanks for having me, Will. It's been great talking Cheers. with you. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the Urban Yogi Podcast, and thank you to Mr. Jonathan White for being on the show and for enlightening us with this amazing information on sexual kung fu, semen retention, and how to embody more joy using our sexuality. I hope that you all have a great week. I'm heading off to Bali to lead a retreat with my friend Colin, and I will see you next week. I plan to have an episode automatically released while I'm gone. I'll do my best to make that happen for next Tuesday. Satnam. If you'd like this show, if you rate it and subscribe to it, that would help me a lot. Head over to iTunes and just put five stars. <laughs> that would be great. Have a beautiful, beautiful week.